Our scripture reading this morning comes from Acts verses 4 through 14. As they were having a meal together, he told them not to go away from Jerusalem, but to wait, as he put it, for the Father's promise, which I was telling you about earlier. John baptized with water, you see, but in a few days from now, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles came together, they put this question to Jesus. Master, they said, is this the time when you are going to restore the kingdom to Israel? It's not your business to know about times and dates, he replied. The Father has placed all that under his own direct authority. What will happen, though, is that you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Then you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the very ends of the earth. As Jesus said this, he was lifted up while they were watching, and a cloud took him out of their sight. They were gazing into heaven as he disappeared. Then lo and behold, two men appeared, dressed in white, standing beside them. Galileans, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? This Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you saw him go into heaven. Then they went back to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, which is close to Jerusalem, about the distance you could travel on a Sabbath. They then entered the city. They here means Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, Simon the zealot, and Judas the son of James, and went to the upstairs room where they were staying. They all gave themselves single-heartedly to prayer with the women, including Mary, Jesus' mother, and his brothers. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. The gospel lesson today, if everyone would stand while I read it, please. It's from Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely know, I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is the gospel of the world. Oh, the gospel of the Lord. <laughs> Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. You may be seated. Good morning again, and welcome to this Sunday of United Women in Faith. We celebrate those women who have changed the world, but more importantly, the women here who have changed our church. 
just wanted to tell a quick little cute story. It was Sunday morning, and it was a beautiful morning just like today, and the pastor decided he'd rather play golf. And I'm sure some of you have heard this, but I just needed to repeat it. So he decided to call the assistant pastor and say, I'm really, really sick. I can't preach today. Can you fill in for me? Sure, pastor, not a problem. Feel better. We'll see you during the week. And now St. Peter's up there with God going, God, you see what your, your servant's doing here? He's lying. God goes, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. And he goes out there. He's playing golf. He's having a great game. Peter goes, God, he's out there enjoying himself. He lied to everyone. Don't worry. I'll take care of it. The preacher gets up onto the tee. He takes a wonderful backswing, follows through, hits the ball, and a hole-in-one he gets. Peter's going, God, don't worry. He can't tell anyone. <laughs> so yes, God takes care of us. God takes care of our needs. God takes care of those that may go off the beaten path. <laughs> so today is not just the celebration of the UWF. Um, it's also the celebration of the ascension of Jesus which I'll get into a little bit later. Um, this group of women, the, it was in, initially the United Methodist Women, was started many, many, many years ago by a small group of women to go and fight injustice to women and children. So just to give you the idea, an idea of the importance that not only the ministries that we've dedicated ourselves to fundraising, but what it really means to belong to this group of women as a large group and the individual circles. I am the leader of the Deborah Circle, and I can't remember how long because as soon as I said, well, maybe I'll lead you girls, that was it. They wrote me in, it was done, over, and I cannot walk out of that position. <laughs> Thank you, Amy. <laughs> um, this past year, on Easter, I was reflecting. And I was reflecting of what these women mean to me and to each other. And it sparked me to write them a letter for Easter. In most blessed Easter to you, and as we resurrect to new life, I reflect on all we are to one another. It's been a year of great joys and a lot of valleys of tears. The beauty of it all is our love we are bound with. Yes, we stood on those mountains of joy, holding each other's hands, praising God. And we gathered so close together, holding hands in those valleys of tears. To watch you all loving with laughter and joy and loving with compassion and shared tears, I just want you to know how deeply my heart is touched in those moments. To witness God in action, the pouring out of the fruits of the Spirit, we truly are an amazing tribe of faith keepers, soul sisters, bound together with the thread of Jesus' love. And I am proud of who we are, the Deborah Circle, and who we have truly become. And that stands for all the circles. All the women within those circles share a common bond, 
a support system to one another. They share that love during the bad times, the joy through the great times. And when I was preparing for today's sermon, because there was so much to say, because there's so many women in this world who have changed it, they've changed it within our own small worlds of our hearts, our spirits, and our churches. I'd like to include today is, like I said before, the liturgical calendar of Ascension Sunday. Jesus ascended into heaven and leaving his disciples, I just chose to stick with the liturgy, literature, scripture. In the book of Acts, Luke depicts, depicts the disciples watching Jesus go up into a cloud. They all gave themselves in prayer with all the women, including Mary, the mother of Jesus. The women that were probably there were Mary Magdalene, Salome, the mother of James and John, probably Martha and Mary, and Mary, the wife of Cleophe. But let's focus on his mother. His mother, Mary, she gave herself willingly, innocently, giving birth to God's son. And in that motherhood, she knew there would be a day that she would have to send him back to God. Just imagine her strength as she witnessed his crucifixion, his resurrection, and finally, his ascension. It is quite an amazing story, and she's quite an amazing woman who has changed our world. She's the mother of all humanity, and she is the mother of all of us. There are many women throughout the Bible that have contributed to the changes of our world, starting with Eve, going to Sarah, Hagar, Rebecca, Deborah, Esther, Rachel, and it goes on and on. And they all contributed. But by their examples, we have women today, past and present, who have followed their lead, who have changed our world and made it a better place. Women who fought for freedom, stood up for injustice, brought God's love to those who were suffering. I wish I could include all those who have inspired me, but my list is way too long. I did write down a few to share with you. Joan of Arc, a young girl during the Hundred Year War between England and France. After hearing voices from several saints to save her country, she dressed as a young man and accompanied the soldiers where she defended her country and making friends, making France win over England. The church questioned her visions and refused to say that they were not true. She continued to dress in men's clothing against the orders of the church. They burned her at the stake. She is now a martyr and a saint. And as the story goes, her heart continued to beat that they had to throw it in the ocean. This woman, Sacagawea, was a 16-year-old Native American Indian who traveled thousands of miles with Lewis and Clark from the North Dakota to the Pacific Ocean. She acted as an interpreter, a guide, foraging for food, 
helping them make invaluable relationships with the Native Americans. And she did this all ladies and men while carrying her infant child on her back. Uh, a Mexican artist, Frida Cahill, she has striking works. Um, she does gender class identity and pieces of work that to unite the racism in Mexican society. She was the first Mexican artist to display at the Louvre and had many successful exhibitions. Although she died in 1954 at the age of only 47, her work was not recognized until the 70s and today is, in, is viewed as an important figure in art history as well as an icon for injustice and feminine movements. One of my favorites is Indira Gandhi. She was India's first and only woman prime minister. The day before her assassination, she spoke in public. I'm alive today. I may not be here tomorrow. I shall continue to serve until my last breath. And when I die, I can say that every drop of my blood will invigorate India and strengthen it and I die in the service of this na nation and be proud my blood will contribute to the growth of India and make it strong and dynamic. Another famous leader, Golda Meir. She was an Israeli politician, a teacher. She served as the fourth prime minister of Israel from 1969 to 1974. She was Israel's first and only female head of government, the first female head of government in the Middle East, and the fourth elected female head of government of state in the world, in a world and a country that had been ruled by men, just as Indira Gandhi's world was basically ruled by men. Another all-time favorite is Rosa Parks. She was an American activist in the civil rights movement. She's best known for her role in the Montgomery bus boycott. She refused to go to the back of the bus and give up her seat. She is now honored as the first lady of civil rights and the mother of the freedom movement. Last but not least, and this is my all time most inspiring woman in the world, Mother Teresa. What can we say about her? She was called to serve the poor and the suffering in Calcutta of India, where no one else would go. Her greatest tribute was getting the Nobel Peace Prize in 1979. I could talk all day about her, but my favorite quotes of her is, God only gives us what we can handle. I wish he didn't trust me so much. And the one that I love the most is, we can do no great things, only small things with great love. There are many women in my life who showed me how to love everyone, who taught me how to be compassionate and what the meaning of faith is and how to be the example of Jesus in the world. My grandmother was my biggest influence of my faith, even though she died when I was only 18. 
But in those 18 years, she taught me such valuable, valuable wisdom. The one thing she stressed, no matter how someone treats you, no matter what someone says to you, always be one better and love them anyway. She was a great Italian cook and a baker. And when I was a kid, like all kids, oh, I don't like that. And she would say to me, you can't say you don't like something if you haven't tried it. That's why I've got this great appetite for food and passion. Um, but she also emphasized that same response to liking someone. She would say, you can't go by their looks on the outside. You need to get to know the person on the inside. And I've been extremely blessed to have her in my life, along with all the other women who have been there every step of my way and of my journey. In the Gospel, Matthew says to the disciples, go to Galilee. Jesus approached them there and said, all power in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to observe all that I've commanded you. And remember, I am with you always till the end of the age. This is the greatest commission Jesus asks of his disciples. But it wasn't just the male disciples. The women were there too. The women were there and he said, go, baptize, make disciples of all you meet because you can change the world. Go plant the seeds of faith. That's what he asked of those women. Women like to plant. They like to be in the garden planting their seeds. But also we plant the seeds here of our faith in our church to the young people that we embrace here. And yes, all of you women here today have changed our church and yes, our world. As Mother Teresa said, you can only do small things with great love. And that's what you women do here. You, Sylvia, you, Carol, you, Jean, you, Joan, you, Josie, you, Anne. I'm trying to see, I got no class. Rebecca, Vicki, Donna, Donna, Bobby, Lois, June, Terry, Doreen, Joyce, Pat, Song, Amy, Sue, Jean, I'm sorry, Marty, and all of us, whether we belong to the UWF or not, we are part of this church. We are women of this church. And I like to say yes, Ellen, if you're watching, and Dot Palm, who have been instrumental in changing our church, along with those who have gone before us. The Helen Stalter, the Helen Muller, the Marion Logier, the Betty Curry, the June Belaine, the Elsa Binford, and so many more, and I'm sorry, I just don't have the time to mention all their names, but we know who they are in our hearts because they shared this church with us.
They showed us how to take care of this church and each other. They showed it through their acts of love, whether they were polishing the furniture or hanging decorations for Christmas or working in the kitchen and having coffee hour. Every one of those women has been an inspiration to all of us. And now it's our time to make way for the generations to come, to show them what it means to be the women of the church because we change the church with just our love. We are all disciples of Jesus, chosen by God to change the world, one small act of kindness, of love at a time. This love that we share is a vibration. Love is greater than any other vibration in the entire universe. When we love, that vibration lifts all our spirits to everyone around us and beyond us, to those we don't even know. Love vibrates at such a high frequency because it is God. God is love, and we send out those vibrations. That is how we change our small world here. But if we keep vibrating, imagine the world we can change out there. It doesn't get better than that. Vibrations. Good vibrations. As most of you know, I have a tremendous passion for music. It's the music that inspires me, inspires my soul to be creative, to rejoice and dance. And as the Deborah Circle knows, every time I end a sermon or a speech, we have some great music playing to move all our souls. So there was a song written by a gentleman called Brian Wilson. He wanted to write a song that was following his interest in the cos cosmic vibrations, like how a dog barks at somebody it doesn't like and yet jumps up in someone's lap and licks their face. The good vibrations that's given to all of us. So let's listen to this song and may we continue to vibrate that love throughout the world, throughout the universe and bring good love vibrations to all that we meet near and far. Mike, take it away. I'm picking up good vibrations. She's giving me the excitations. I'm picking up good vibrations. Let's all sing together, we are the church. <laughs> 